0: Uh, Kyrgyzstu and Arman is going to join me in a bit. I'll call them up now. But um, I just wanted to share a little bit quickly on um, my life in grace. My life in grace. I don't know what your life in grace uh, looks like or how long you've been in grace. Or if you may be just checking out this grace thing still, then welcome. Um, That's also fine. So uh, I just wanted to share that I've never been the same. Amen. Since I heard grace. I've been radically impacted, radically changed. Since uh, 2007, Um, if the dog lifts his leg, just pray. (laughs) But it will be okay. I like what Baron said. Welcome to the farm. So, eventually, um, I mean, I found the gospel, or the gospel found me. I think that's uh, more what it was. Like, um, we know Psalm 23 says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Now, first, I think it hunts you down. Um, But once God has gotten hold of you, once you allow Him in, then He stops hunting you because He's got you. Amen? If you're a hunter, you don't keep on hunting what you've already got. Like, you you look for the next thing. And that's the Holy Spirit. Once the Holy Spirit has you, He's not going to leave you. I think that's an important thing because we're not trying to get God to love us. We're not trying to get God to be with us. We're not trying anything like that. We just know God is with us. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Isn't that great news? Amen? Um, No matter where we are in life. This week i traveled to johannesburg and i was so glad that god said i'll never leave you nor forsake you hey, Amen. Now <laughs> no i'm joking but i'm originally from there you it's busy it's busy the billboards are big the buildings are big the highways are big which i like by the way um, but like just realizing and, and taking a, a, a sort of having a bit of time just to do some introspection just seeing the amount of people that still needs to hear good news I moving around on airplanes and on airports and you just sit there i sat on that airport, airplane on friday afternoon and i was like how many people here need jesus like of the i mean i don't know how many people on a plane but it was a lot it was packed it was like sardinkies um and if you think about that then we need to to sort of say what are we about i mean We need to see that we're not just about us. We're not just here to receive for us. Yes, of course we are. Because the love only overflows once we've received it. And I'll just say that as I've grown in the message, I've grown in boldness. I've grown definitely in stepping out. I've grown in making it more about others and less about me. Um, And I think that's sort of for all of us to not attain to. Attain to is maybe not the right word because it seems like then we need to get something that we don't have. But just to grow into and if we see christianity really as um being born again like i mean the little kids grow into being bigger kids and then they're into to be young adults and then adults and then they take responsibility for the next generation and that's really where we need to be as christians we want to grow up in the word in truth so that we can share with others so that we can make it more about others and i think we have to start with the gospel amen romans 1 16 says it's the gospel of God that is the power of God the gospel is the power of God. So Romans 8 and verse 3 says for what the law could not do That is overcome sin and remove its penalty and power I don't know if you just heard what I said, but I said the law could not do Amen. I tried for the lord to do what the law couldn't do Anyone tried that? It's like taking a formula one car up a mountain It cannot do it. It can do other things great, but it cannot do it That doesn't mean there's anything wrong with the car It's just not the right application. So the law cannot justify the flesh. Amen? If you don't believe me, read your Bible. (laughs) I learned it on the hard way. For what the law could not do, being weakened by the flesh. You see, the the law is not weak. The flesh is. The the problem is not on God's part. It's on our part. God did. So what the law could not do, God did. Isn't that great news? What is did? Did. It's done. It's passed there. So what the Lord could not do, God has done. What did He do? He sent His own Son in the likeness of sinful man as an offering for sin. So God came and He dwelled in a man in a body called Jesus. And He came and submitted him to sin and then overcame sin. And then the song we sang for the first time this morning speaks about He's risen. He's risen over death. He's risen over your sin. He's risen over sickness, lack, poverty. Whatever you need in life. God has attained that through Christ's resurrection. Amen? And then He's risen, ascended, and then what do we celebrate? Pentecost. The Holy Spirit poured out in our lives. Amen? So 2 Corinthians 13 verse 14 says, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion, the fellowship, the friendship of the Holy Ghost be with you all. And I've realized that if we want to live the life that God has for us, we need to explore and understand all three of those aspects of who God is. What is God? God is gracious. And He expresses that through the Son. And then God is love. And He expresses that through the Father. And God is a true intimate friend, which He expresses through the Holy Spirit. Now, I cannot answer for you, but you can. How are you doing with the grace of God? Second question, how are you doing with the love of God? And third question, how's your friendship with the Holy Spirit? Because a lot of the things in life that we think God is for, He's not for. He's not there to make you a promise and then break your heart. A lot of people think, yeah, God hasn't come through on His promise. God did not promise you a a, a yacht. That was the flesh. God did not promise you a mansion. Amen? Amen not even in heaven we recently taught on that it says in my father's house are many mansions how can there be many mansions in one house the word there is dwelling places in my father's house are many dwelling places guess what it's you you've already have your mansion you've become the mansion Amen. you've become the dwelling place of god so we are often distraught we are heartbroken we're out of faith because we trust in god for things he never promised Sorry, I didn't mean to come across that strong this morning, but this will help you. Amen. God made a promise to Sarah that she'll have a baby. He didn't make that promise to you. The only promise in the word is the son, the seed. Amen. God wants you to have babies, lots of them. Amen. He wants that, and it is in us to get that, and to heal, and to see things happen if it's not happening, and to pray, and to use authority. Amen. But God made one promise, and that was to give us Jesus. Amen. This might sound like, what is this guy up to? But it's true. God wants only good for you. But guess what? We live in a world that's fallen. We will live in a world where we eat things God didn't design. We live in a world where we inhale things God didn't plan. God didn't create motor cars. Main did. Men, when a plane falls, it's not God. It's a mechanic or a designer or a maintenance technician that missed something. We live in a fallen world. Everything bad is not from God. Nothing is. Even James says, like, don't be, don't say that God tempts you. No, it's your own flesh, your greed and your desire that leads to sin. So when we get to deal with that, then we know God is good and He's only good. Now we live in a life where we trust God. If He's given us the best, then then He'll give us everything else, of course. But we need to be content with what we have. As Christians, we often think we'll be content when we get. I just need that. I just need that. Not, not die, not here here. I, will or I not of or I can get a new building or I can get a bigger or get a better car. Then I'll be content. And then we get there. It's like a cell phone. They entice you to upgrade your cell phone. They phone you, they arrest you, they SMS you, they whatever. And then eventually you think, okay, this is going to make me happy. So what do you do? You sign for 24 months or 36 months and after two hours you realize, this is nice, but It's not much nicer than what I had. So, now you become discontent because I think on the 22nd of September, they're going to launch iPhone 15. Amen? So then if you had the 13, you're not so cool anymore. But guess what? It's good enough. (laughs) What do you do with it? So, how is, how are you doing with the grace of of the Lord, the love of God, and the friendship of the Holy Spirit? So, I want to call up Herman and and Christy this morning. You can uh, come and sit here. We're going to just do things a little different today. And uh, one of you are... I don't know who's the most fidgety, but... uh, (laughs) (laughs) So what we are trying to do is just... um, To show you that church is really not just about me. Or the minister. Amen? Um, and I've asked Herman and, uh, and Christy to come join me up front today, um, just because if I think about how grace has changed me, then I look around and I see how grace has changed other people. Um, and they're really, for me, two, two great examples uh, of that. Um, and uh, yeah, they're both leaders of Grace Life. Hermann, uh, I had to ask him when he graduated ministry school, but it was in uh, lockdown, or just after lockdown, 2020, and Christy currently is uh, doing Grace Life ministry school. Um, so yeah, I think for myself... I don't know what you guys think, but I was looking for joy and acceptance. I was looking for to be to be good enough for God, through other people, for other people, um, for my parents, for for I don't know teachers, managers, peers, like you know who you try to impress. And I wasn't really doing so well at that. But eventually, then I found the gospel, which really um, for me brought it back to identity. And like I said previously, I think grace found me. I didn't find grace, but. Yeah, I have the privilege to know both these men, and um, I want to ask you, like everyone here doesn't know you, maybe just, uh, just to just introduce yourself, and then add one you can go after. Morning,
1: everyone. Um, morning, everyone. Um, my name is... Um... Mm. <laughs> uh, morning, everyone. Um, my name is Christian uh, Williams, and I've been at uh, like now for the past three years, going on four, uh, yeah, and it, it's been totally awesome since the day my wife and myself walked in here, we said that this is the place, and like uh, we've been looking for a church in this, uh, and the profound thing about this is this is the first church we walked in, and we said we're going to out a lot of other churches, but when we walked into the first church, it was like we should be here. So, yeah, that's more or less who we are. My wife not here this morning because, unfortunately, she's working and wanted her to be here. But, yeah, she'll get the recording for whatever. <laughs> but, yeah, um, I'm, my name is Kirsten Williams. Yeah. Yes, uh, um, my name is Herman Rousseau. And, uh, um, yeah, I am... Maybe I should have got say my age. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway,
2: there's my lovely wife and my... Yeah, this my lovely wife and my two kids, uh, and Catherine, and uh, yeah, so we've been with Grace Life now for I think it's since 2016, but it's also been a journey for us um, to actually get to Grace Life. Um, we've I, I think we've been with most churches in this area, and uh, it's it's quite nice for us that we actually came to Grace Life, so. No, so it was a journey, and uh, even when we got to, here, it was still a journey, so, um, yeah, I'm just so blessed to be here, and uh, um, I've got another uh, child, the older one, which uh, is still one one last week, so, so. So,
0: yeah, that's me. Awesome, yeah, so that's who you are, that's when we got to to know you, Um, Arman saw the sign outside so ever since we've known that the sign outside and it might feel tedious but it's important Um, because we see that it works so yeah maybe if you can quickly share with us just like how did you grow up did you grow up christian when did you get saved and um yeah turned on to the lord
1: that is a way yeah for me um i've always grown up uh, like uh, religious uh, in church because uh, it was my grandmother that used normally took us to church we've been through sunday school and everything all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I think grandmothers just have that in them like, <laughs> so, uh, it's like um, so that is how I uh, basically grew up. Grew up in a church that was like very, very religious. And then um, I came to know the Lord very young, which is like in my teens. And then in my mind, there was always that, that when you don't do the things that God wants you to do, and then you would backslide and all the kind of stuff. Um, but I fully know the Lord now for like 10 years, I would say. I've, 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 uh, I've known about Jesus for about more than 20 years, but I fully, at least fully know Him for about 10 years. Um, I'm going to say why I say that. Because uh, the moment I realized that God is my Father, that is actually the moment when I realized that I have a relationship with God. Sure. Before then, there was no relationship because it was always just me doing what I need to do, going to church, being in church, and serving here and serving that because for me, like Peter said, it's like, it was almost like it was something that I need to attend to. Mm-hmm. Like um, God sent Jesus, so now Jesus is done with his work and now you need to start with your work. And your work is going to church, becoming a leader and teaching people the word and all the kind of stuff. But for me, that is how I basically grew up, grew up in the church. From my from time, I was probably one or whatever. But for now, like it's been ten years that I know the Lord. But uh, I always want, almost want to say how I know grace. It has been like for almost four years, mm-hmm. and I will I will say why why you know grace for almost four years. Um, The first time I came into contact, but the first time I heard about grace was when I listened to uh, Joseph Prince on TV, and it's like, this sounds appealing, so I'm drawn to it. And then uh, the first sermon I actually heard about him was, You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And um, then I bought a CD, bought a few books, read the books, and all that kind of stuff, and it was still unbelievable for me. Um, but like three years, a bit more than three years ago, uh, Peter spoke on, you are complete in Christ. And um, I didn't believe it at then, but I went to search the scriptures, I even sent Peter a message and tell, told him like, that's it's fault with you because <laughs> and, and, and the stuff that we are talking about, it, uh, I, it doesn't resonate with me. But I'm gonna give you a chance, I'm gonna look at it for myself in the word and. And like since then, I have just been, yeah, the eagerness for getting into the word more and just um, seeing the word differently, seeing God differently, has just changed my life uh, quickly, yeah. so yeah, for me it's like three years now I've been, I've known grace like up to this point and I'm still learning about it and it's just awesome, it's like a literal adventure like this is an awesome adventure, yeah.
0: I think it's a yoga that says, life's a journey, enjoy the ride. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I think um, once we realize we're complete, um, like that's sort of the start. Um, like then we need to see like, how do we live it out now. So we're not trying to get more of God, more into God, or more of God into us. Um, but like you can hear from Christy's story, there's growth. I mean, and there's a continuation of looking for more. And I like think Gammon's referred to it when he said, even after joining Grace Life, it's been a journey. Um, because I mean, even we have evolved and grown and how we see things and how we apply things, and I think how we just focus more and more on just the simplicity of Christ, um, and nothing more and, and nothing nothing less. So, um, yeah, maybe um, Adam, if you can just share with us when did you get saved and like when did you get saved, born again again?
2: <laughs> well, um, I grew up in a house where um, I thought my mother talking about me Lord and uh, I actually knew the Bible pretty well, the stories. So, yeah, um, no, I, uh, I, was, I was thinking about that. I couldn't get to the exact age, uh, but I guess it was my when I was 12 years old. I I remember the, the exact moment where me and my mother actually knew I, I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I, so, so it's not like a thing that I was going to church and I thought I was safe. It was really a, a thing that I believe. But uh, um, I, I think everyone here does have a, some. Everyone has a story, mm-hmm. and uh, my my story is I can I can maybe keep you busy for a long time. But I'm, I'll just give, give you a brief of that. It's uh, um, from yeah, so from twelve years old. I was saved, and from there on, I mean, it's just basically I, I, my idea of, of, of being a Christian was um, one day I will go to heaven. So I, I, that's what I thought. Mm. And um, uh, that nothing but more was taught to me a uh, little about that. Um, so, fire insurance. That's my fire <laughs> insurance. Yeah. So, um, yeah. and, uh, But I mean, uh, the one thing that happened to me is when I was 16 years old, my my mother committed suicide. So the woman that taught me about the Lord, that loved the Lord, sure. she committed suicide, and that was a big tragedy for us in our family. Um, yeah, for me, as a child, it really mocked yeah. me. I was actually the person that, that discovered the body, for the first the first one that discovered the body, so it really impacted me big time. So I think it was from there on my my, my life just now has spiraled downward, and uh, I just was so far from the Lord. I, feel like I actually blamed God for what happened to her. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was only when I was uh, 37 years old um, in my life when I was really at my lowest point. Um, so it was either left or right <laughs> for me. So uh, um, I, I still could clearly remember that day when I drove in the car and I just said, Look, I just cried after the Lord and I said, "Lord, help me." Mm. That, that's basically what it is. And uh, um, I, I'm at that day. I made a decision that whatever it's going to take to change the things going forward, I need to do that mm. um, because the way I've done it um, did not work out. Mm. And uh, so I actually opened my heart for the Lord to start working in my life again. And um, yeah, from there on, I, was just, uh, yeah, I just shortly after that, I actually married Melissa, and uh, um, yeah, so I, I don't want to tell you anything now, but okay. basically that's where my journey actually yeah. started from there, and uh, um, a lot of hurt still in my heart, um, but yeah, so, so as we, we me and Melissa made a commitment, and this is just one thing I wanted to say, when we got married, I was, uh, my first child that I had was out of my uh, out of my first marriage. I was divorced. Um, and uh, when we married, we, I basically just said, listen um, to her, and we said to each other, it, is that the only way this marriage is going to work is, is if we, we do it with the Lord. Mm. And uh, we listen to His word and that let, let, let Him carry us forward. Mm. And, uh, um, and that just by, basically brought me on a journey where... I just started to open my heart for the Lord to minister to my heart. And um, and that really just healed me. Um, it was, yeah, so it was a specific decision one day where I actually went and, uh, um, and, and I got to a point where I dealt with that situation of the hurt as well with, with with the experience that I had. And, and healing was there. So, so from there on, I really, was, that was the dividing point. Um, in my journey with, with the Lord is where He actually came and showed me His heart. Sure. Uh, yeah, so basically I could, I could really say there that I just realized in that moment that it was not the Lord that had come on. Yeah, sure. yeah.
0: yeah, I think for me as well, there's these defining moments in your life where you know, like, when I realized that or when I knew that that was a lie. Mm-hmm. So it's often the truth that exposes these things and um, and it's often for people like for and for myself, like when you realise the goodness of God, when you realise that God's not the one who um, is the cause of death, God's not the one who um, picks his flowers pain of time or, or anything like that. God is just God is just good. Um, it's often uncomfortable. I don't want to ask you to raise your hands, but when you when you face with the truth, like grace, for me at the first was very uncomfortable. Like if you said, and I remember clearly, he said, I can understand what you but how can you even say? And then I studied it out. And then I came to the same conclusion. So that's the same that I want to invite you to. Whatever you hear from the pulpit, um, or now on, on, on YouTube or Facebook, where we post some uh, interesting uh, discussions as well, is um, don't just take it at face value. Like, you need to make it your own. You need to study it out. You need to pray about it. And, um, I mean, if you want to just get that verse that you shared this morning about the labor uh, this morning um, in, in pre-service, but we're really um, interested that grace is not a license to passivity. I think that's so important for all of us to realize. <clears throat> Neither is it, a, is it a license to sin. Um, I think when Grace Life first started, as a student church, people in, in town said, yeah, it's just that, it's not a but like the first like question like like like, and that's not true. Like Paul says, God forbid. Like, it's not a license to sin. Amen? Um, it's just that your sins are forgiven. And now that it's like you, you're in this conundrum where you always try to perform or you didn't. Like you're completely on the other side where you just said, I'm not... Never going to be good enough. Now you're trying to, to, to perform and it's not working. when you hear about grace that you don't have to. And now you have a decision. Is God good or isn't He? Is God enough or isn't He? Like, can I add anything to the finished work of Christ? That's basically what we're talking about. And I think for all of us, we've realized that we can't. But then, what is interesting is, once we realize that, once we see our true identity, we actually become more and more involved in the Father's business. <laughs> Are you working more now in the ministry than you did? Before
2: you re- res- um, discovered grace I Yeah, so it's a I I could just but you actually read that verse. Yes, it. It, it's that uh, one Corinthians fifteen verse ten is but by, by the grace of God I am what I am. And his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. But I laboured more abundantly than they all did. Not I, but the grace of God which was with me. So yeah, to, to answer that question is is that um you can only so the labor throws you off completely. So, <laughs> so I, I, if you are oh, in grace circles, you see that word of labor, and I don't want to labor, I'm in grace. But it's actually the love of God <laughs> that, that that propels you, that fuels you to go and, and, and do those things. Um, so yeah, so for, for example, we in this church, I mean, uh, um, setting sitting up and doing things, it, it seems like labor, but it's a labor of love. Mm-hmm. So it's, 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 uh, it's just receiving from the Father and uh, um, and, and abiding in His love. So, so I, I, I can carry on with that, but I mean, like, so I just came to mind as, as, as John 15 as well, abiding in His love, and then you will, you will, you will, you will see the fruit. Yeah. And just always, and I think it's a daily thing, I mean it's not a one-source, grace is not a thing that you can come to grace and you think like, Oh, I'm in the grace now and then I can I can just um yeah, I'm I'm i I'm made, I'm, I'm in grace. But grace is the thing where you receive from God daily yeah. and uh and, and, and now I can labor, now I can and uh, I mean, oh, so that's that's just the awesome opportunity to, to be reminded about that because he's his ability to be done.
0: So that same word, labor, um, in a different place, Paul writes and says, Let the elders who um, labor among you, or let the elders be counted worthy of double honor. Like, like, He says, pay them well. And he says, especially those who labor in the studying of the word of prayer. Um, so we, we hear a word like labor, and we often think like, oh, I need to cut back on chairs, or I need to do this, or serve in kids' church, which is all good. Um, but it's also laboring in the word. Like, and I think the more you realize the goodness of God, um, again, I see some nods in the crowd, the more you realize, the more you want to study the Word. Um, and I don't know if it's super interesting, like are you, are you more excited about the Word? I mean, I'm not asking if you're read, reading it more, maybe you are, maybe you're not, because you felt like previously you had to, um, now you get to. So you're just approaching the Word of God. With excitement with an expectancy with you're going to receive something you're not just here to tick a box and to appease god um christy maybe you can tell us how did you how was grace changed you in bible study
1: yeah for me it actually changed a lot it's like before i like before i, I really experienced grace it's like our bible study was always that uh, it's almost like a tedious thing that you need to do Like. I'm going to go here, but <laughs> go here. I don't know we need that to be So it was, always, it was always on me. Um, um, I think I, 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 I spoke to Jerome um, um, uh, last week and I told him, you know what, even uh, uh, before uh, I came to Grace Life or heard about the Grace, Award, or fully understood it, neither I fully understand it now, but have a better understanding of it, It was always even when you used to go to preach the word it's always felt like it's on you Mm. because if you're not going to deliver then it's like the people are not going to respond Mm. and it was always on you always on you so now you need to search the scriptures you need to pray you need to do this and it was always like people maybe want that and so the focus was always on you never on him but how Grace changed me in terms of reading the word is actually gave me a much better relationship with the Holy Spirit which is awesome and um, so now through the Holy Spirit I I am able to study the word a lot more better and it's not studying in terms of now I'm, I'm working to study it I actually Literally, get excited when I read the word, okay. and now when I see certain stuff, especially when it uh, um, when it, I wouldn't say appeal to me, or when it, it's talking to me directly in terms of who you are in Christ. Yes. When it's talking about your identity in Christ, it makes me it makes me very it's not it makes me very excited, but it, it also uh, allows me to test my heart in it as well yeah. because. Um, when we hear about the word grace, it's, it's like you said now, it's not a license to sit back and say, God has done everything, so now I'm doomed. It's like when grace comes to you and you hear, you hear something that you never heard before, and you and you've basically heard something that you always heard, and that is the way you believed it, now the word of God comes through, through grace, and then what happens, it cuts your heart. Mm. So it, what it does, when it cuts your heart, are it, you have one of two choices. That is what I always say. You can either say, keep on cutting, or you can say, stop, don't cut. Because I want to still believe in what I I believe in. You're not going to take that away from me. And once you allow the cutting away process of it, then you actually feel a lot more lighter, and then your heart becomes a lot more open for grace. And, And once you hear the word, you don't look at it in the same way, I'm um, just to let a little uh, sort, uh, so, uh, not testimony, or something that um, my wife and I experienced. I think the day you spoke about the rest, um, and when you spoke about specifically about healing and all that kind of stuff, and then um, what has happened when we went home, my wife and I, we had different opinions about what you said. She actually felt conflicted and a bit more offended about it. So I said, but why do you feel offended about it? And she said, no, because I feel like you just spoke to me said okay the word is speaking to us I I feel like it spoke to me as well and then during the week and and once we sat down and talked about it so I asked this question uh, just tell me what lens are you looking through when you read the word so she said no it was like I need to do I need to do something that's a wrong lens because if you look at the word through the lens of grace then you can actually see the power and the empowerment of what God is actually saying to you and I remember the the, the the Tuesday when we had the life group, she shared it and she said like, but when I went back and looked at it through the lens of grace to what God has done for me, mm. then I actually understood it a lot more better. Sure. And so um, what I'm saying is that whenever we read the word, it's like, it's not on you, mm. it's not on me, it's not on anyone, it's, a, it's, it's still, still on God. Yeah. From the day you saved you, it's still on him. So he gives it, the Holy Spirit it opens it up for you you walk in a lot more freedom. So your heart is a lot more receptive to the word. And and, and even when you have, st- if you still have some wrong belief, I, I think I still have some wrong belief. And and when the word comes and it cuts, now I can gladly say, continue to cut. Yeah. It's going to be a bit painful for the time, but once <laughs> it's open, it's open. It's you, momentum, man. Right? Yeah, once you start
0: changing, yeah. you're, you're ready to and change. And now you,
1: it's cutting away and cutting away. And every day you're getting a bit more of a better understanding of who who God is, and especially in terms of grace, what His grace has done for Him. So for me, that is was quite profound. So I actually have a lot more better relationship with the Holy Spirit now than I had back then. And that is only through reading the word through the lens of grace, and not through what I think and my perception. and all that. There's two comments I want to make there.
0: So if you think about cutting, um, it speaks about circumcision of the heart. Um, so cutting is, is obviously doing away with, um, so, we, we hold on to a lot of things as Christians or as wherever you come from, where you come from, what's believed um, and, and what I like to, to think about is the more we allow the word to cut us the, 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 the less we left with we, we're doing away with everything that is not Christ actually um, but that's what you said that's something that you, your grandmother taught you or that you that you want to be good about you felt good about you had an experience about but it's Um, 2 Corinthians 11 verse 3 says, But I'm afraid that even as the serpent beguiled Eve by his cunning, your minds may be corrupted and led away from the simplicity of pure devotion to Christ. So whatever takes us away from Christ is actually just a distraction. Because whatever brings us back to the simplicity of Christ, that's what the cutting is. Um, And I mean, depending on where you are, where you come from, like we might say things and I mean I'm very aware that I'm not always the most uh, comfortable
1: person to listen to, as you've just heard. And um, and Chris and I still love
0: each other, I mean <laughs> even though he thought I was crazy for a long time. Um, what I what I what I um what I appreciate is of you and Abby is that you go study it out. You go check it out, you go make sure. And the same with happened in my lisa, like um I mean at one stage there was we weren't at odds, but it was it was new and it was different and like you had to sort of dig in. Uh, You had to double down and do the Bible study to to get sort of through the ditch Um, and once you see the simplicity of Christ then um, things become easy in a way. Like now it's just cutting away more and more of everything that's not that. Then John 16 um, interesting in verse 12 Jesus says I have many more things to say unto you but you cannot bear them now. So I mean God we think he's unlimited but before the, the resurrection he's limited. Like, there's things Jesus wants to tell the disciples that He can't. Now, just think about what that would be. Well, it's spiritual truths, because the Holy Spirit was not yet given. Then He says, how be it? So, but if the Holy Spirit of truth is going to come, He will guide you into all truth. So, the Holy Spirit is not just to give you a goosebump; It's not just to uh, give you a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom. It is to guide you into truth. The word truth, there, also speaks of reality. So, the Holy Spirit takes you into a different reality. Now we must then conclude that if it's the Spirit, it's a spiritual reality. I think that's important for all of us. and like that, That's my journey of, of grace, if you can call it that. Like it's been the love of God, the grace of Jesus, and now more and more the friendship of the Holy Spirit. God has used the Spirit to lead us into a spiritual reality. and That's why Colossians 3 says, Think about things above, not of things on the earth. Um, what's it, John 6.33? Seek first the kingdom of God, and His righteousness, and all these things will be added. And previously, those were difficult things, and and you did it, like you say, out of self-effort. And even preaching, I mean, like, I'm excited to preach, but to preach every week, you need something fresh. (laughs) You need something new. And then often I'll have a revelation, or I'll have two, and then I'm like, I'm going to keep this one for next week. Like, then I know at least I've got a good starting point. And God has challenged me on that, and said, well, I want to give you fresh bread for so the best that, that we can serve people is fresh revelation. Amen? It's fresh manna. We need to pick it up daily. Um, and then because God gives seed to the sower, guess what? Next week is going to give me seed again. Um, and that's really a relationship that, that we've had to, to walk in. Um, I want to ask you one question. Um, Armand, was Christianity always fun? Uh,
2: no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I would See, I think it was always for me uh, a religious duty. I, I, I always thought of, yes, I mean, I'm a little bit of And uh, yeah, Christians all also seem to be a uh, bit boring for me to be uh, in, the, in the conversations with Christians because, I mean, that always looked like, maybe they did, out of the right heart of me, it just looked like they're trying to do good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, uh, um, for me it's just, yeah, I I never, I never thought of fun, I couldn't use it in the same sentence. Yeah. Um, um, now the only actual, how can I call it, the uh, um, I thing mean, we explain this is that I haven't started sooner with, with this, this gross message because Christianity is really a lot of fun. Okay. And, uh, um, yeah, so it's, it's now completely different, yeah.
0: I have other question I wanted to ask is How many people have you led to Christ? I, I, I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's the right answer. <laughs> my,
2: my, my, my only will find out, but I can tell you this is, is that uh, um, it's, it's addictive. Yes. It's really addictive. I must tell you that. Is, is that uh, um, when you start with this and you know that it's not a so this is the thing I, I would say is, is that previously um, I thought it of as um, I did not want to uh, identify as a Christian. It was for my own, it's like my my own my own personal salvation. Yeah. Um, but uh, once I realised that it is, it's it's uh, it's a matter of life and death. Sure. Uh, I I just and I think it actually the journey started for me when I went to Albania for. For that first mission trip to the breast life, uh, I really saw it was really a matter of life and death, and uh, I can I can really stand before people, um, and I can I can I can say to them I know that they don't know, mm-hmm. I know I know that they don't know what the truth are, and it's not like me trying to know better; it's something that I need. I know I need to share something for them because God wants to tell them something. Sure. And even for, for us here today, it's, it's, a, it's a something to realize that you, you, yeah, it's, it's that God um, has given us something and it's not for ourselves. That's good. Yeah, it's, it's actually something to share. It's, it's, it's His love that needs to flow through us. We are His vessels. And w- once you see that, it's, it's actually, um, and it empowers you. Mm. It actually strengthens you. When you, when you go out and, you, and you, um, you start sharing the gospel to someone, you can see the people in his eye, and the light has come on, that is something that you will never up all of always. Mm. So, so, what I can say is, if you haven't done that yet, try it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I think the word says, obviously it's more blessing to give than to receive. Yeah. Um, so to hear the message is amazing. Um, to give it is even better, but like you can stand here and we can have ten people up here tell you that until you're going to do it, you're not going to you're not going to see that spark. You're not going to see, like I like, said, the light go on. Um, I mean, that's really a blessed place. One Corinthians sixteen fifteen says, "I beseech you, brethren, um, you know the house of Stephanas that it is the fruit, first fruits of Achaia, and that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints." And um, I think what's really important is to see that it's a decision um, we didn't put a gun to any of your heads and say now you need to start serving um, like not that I know of I didn't <laughs> but you serving, you've addicted yourself um, and I think that's the freedom of grace like we tell people we're gonna be here at quarter past seven on a Sunday like who's coming we're gonna be here the last two Saturdays who can join us like we're gonna go on outreach who's in we're gonna go on mission who's coming Um, but it's really like our job I believe is to stir you up, to fan into flame and to share the truth and the love of God so that there's overflow. And that's really what we want to generate and what I want to show you just by inviting these two uh, gentlemen up front is to create that overflow. Um, And I mean another question that I had here was Christy, do you have more fruit now in your life compared to when you were
1: serving God out of performance? Definitely. Um, I think you are Once you uh, experience grace in that, uh, in the way that like God, the way that God sees you, and not how you see yourself, then you you become more fruitful in that. So, like I said, your heart opens up a lot more. And so, what you do, uh, I'm not saying now go back to works, but what you do then through that which you have, it is it becomes so powerful because now you are just walking in that identity and in what you have and how the fruitfulness basically just comes out. Um, we actually had an awesome time Thursday evening at Life Group, so if you don't have a Life Group, please join the Life Group. It's, it's beneficial to your spiritual health. We yeah, that he speaks about
0: Tuesday Life Group and Thursday Life Group, yeah, so you okay. can join too
1: if you want to. So <laughs> We spoke about this one scripture in, in, in Colossians 1 verse 10, where it speaks about um, the fruitfulness of God. How we become more fruitful through the knowledge of Jesus Christ, and then if you flip it, if you get them, if you have the knowledge of Christ, then your fruitfulness increases. Sure. So and and uh, um, I think uh, um, Teresa actually hit it on the head when she says that when you have Christ, you have the Spirit. So now you already have fruit. That's good. But once you realize, like. Um, Now you are spending time in the Word, and you are getting to know Jesus a lot more now that fruitfulness increases. So now you are become more aware of the fruit. So even like when we say the fruit of the spirit, it it is not something to attain to. Mm. It is something that you have. It's something that needs to be developed. Something that needs to be uh, like you discover it. We all have potential here. Potential is not something that you go to the shop for and say, can I get 50 rands worth of potential or whatever. You don't do that. We all have that potential. But what happens is when you receive or when you step into the place where that potential can be drawn out of you, now you grow into that. Mm. And now you become mature until you you literally become the potential that you have. And for us, it's like, that is Jesus. What is our potential? Our potential is Jesus. And the first, uh, uh, um, um, uh, a cool story, the very first thing when I got to the school where I'm doing this live group every Tuesday and Thursday, the very first thing I told them when I came in, I, tell, I told them, like, if you don't know Jesus, you don't know yourself. Sure. And the whole class flipped and they were like, how can you say that? So I told them, it's like if you base your identity off what you think of yourself and not what Christ thinks of you, what will happen is you will be a different person every day. But if you base your identity of who Christ is and what He sees in you and who God sees you, uh, because God sees us through the picture of Christ and not through what we see, and now because He sees you that, and now you become firm in that identity, now you actually know who you are. So you don't need dependence of people or anyone telling you that. So now it's like that fruitfulness because of knowing who you are and knowing that grace actually not only comes to save you but it actually comes to change you sure. into the person that God wants you to be, That's mm-hmm. who you want to be. Now you become more fruitful, and like I told everyone outside, you know what? I've, I when I share the word now, it's like. I am more excited than the person that is hearing the word. <laughs> because once you, once you share Christ with them, it's like, now you remind yourself, you're what this, what I have is actually good. Yeah. And then you become, you come to the realization every time, and now, it, that becomes uh, such a great part of who you are. So wherever you go, it's like, Christ is who you are. And you are who Christ is. So, No matter how you try to flip it, if you have Jesus on the inside, and if you know grace, it's going to be very difficult for you to not share. Mm. It's going to be very difficult for you to not grow or to not become more fruitful. So it's like, I think that if you are still here and you've heard the word now for a year or more than a year, and you grew in that, you have some awesome fruit inside of you, and you're actually overflowing now because... Uh, I think, like Peter said, you just need to make that decision. Just say the one word, and then the Holy Spirit will do the rest. And there you go, and then many people can get saved through what you, through, through what you say to them. And I think also for me, um, um what the more fruitfulness is, it's like you get more concerned for people. Yeah. The grows. It allows you to get more concerned for people that don't know Jesus, and that that doesn't have what you have. It is uh, um, your 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 heart grows and you open up more. So when you see someone, even when they're not standing in truth and they know the, and they know the Lord, it's like, I'm concerned because yeah. it needs to be given so that people can become more free. Like uh, Melissa Mar- read, it's like it is for Freedom that Christ has set us free. Okay. And nothing else. God wants us to be free every day. He doesn't want anything attached to us that's going to uh, take away from who we are. Yeah. And, and for me, that is... Uh, um, I believe I'm much more fruitful. Can I be a lot more fruitful? Yes. Yeah, I can be more, but what I have now, is, it's, it's, it's so much that it's able to change and touch other people's lives.
0: I mean, yeah, oh, there's definitely overflow. I think it's just the wisdom of God, isn't it? Like, uh, He tells you, don't, you don't have to do anything I've done at all. And as that message grows in your heart, now there's fruit. And now there's other people that, um, that want to come eat from that. And I mean, I think we still don't understand fruitfulness in the way we should, uh, because we, we don't live off the land. Uh, like people used to we live off the shelf meaning that um, when last did you see a massive avocado tree now you look at two avocados nicely packaged in a in a little box or package and it costs you 50 rand and you think there's a lack mentality based on that where if we see i mean i was visited someone a, a few years ago in stellenbosch and they had this massive avocado tree and i mean it was this village like it was wasted there was so much and they um, but it takes time it takes time to grow. It takes time to invest. It takes time to, to invest into the Word. And I mean, I didn't meet these two guys yesterday. I met them a long time ago. That's why they are proud. Because I've seen the growth. I've seen the, the, the investment. And I've seen the overflow. And um, we want to bring this to a close. So Romans 1 verse 15 says, This is why I am so excited about coming to preach the wonderful message of Jesus to you in Rome. Now I remember when I led CS Fear and and went on camps and did different things. I wasn't excited. I was nervous. It was like, I'm, this is the right thing to do. I've got to do this. I'm going to do this. But like, it wasn't exciting. Now it's exciting. When I come here on a Sunday, I'm like, I'm excited. I've got something good. I've got something fresh. I've got something that's going to give life. And then verse 16 in the Passion says, I refuse to be ashamed of the wonderful message of God's liberating power unleashed in us through Christ. For I'm thrilled to preach that everyone who believes is saved. The Jew first and then people everywhere. The gospel unveils a continual revelation of God's righteousness, a perfect righteousness given to us when we believe. And it moves us from receiving life through faith, now to the power of living life by faith. Isn't that exactly what we heard this morning? We received the message by faith, by grace you saved through faith, but now we live from that place. And guess what? You only need the message you heard when you got saved to share. If it was good enough to get you saved, it's good enough to get someone else saved. Amen? So now it's in the application. Now it's in living it out and letting that fruit flow. So, yes, we learn more. We're doing ministry school. We're doing Bible studies many times a week. <laughs> We're engaging with people. We're growing in truth. But what we received when we got saved is enough to get someone else saved. So I just feel that's a word for someone. You don't need to know more before you start giving it out. The more you're going to step out, the more people are going to question you, the more you're going to say, hey, I haven't thought of that, or there must be an answer for this. And Then you're gonna study it out, and you're gonna to speak to us and, and whatever we have to um, to do. And I mean you can ask them sometimes i will say, I don't know. Like I don't need to know everything. <laughs> and then I know the gospel. I mean, and the rest we'll figure out. But that's enough. So I'm gonna ask you again as we bring this to a close: how is how are you doing with the grace of Jesus? How are you doing with the grace of Jesus? Are you and have you received it to the extent that it's changing you, that it's set you free and that it's bearing fruit? How are you doing? with the love of God. And again, not just giving it, but receiving it. I mean, because we need to give only what we have. The word says, this is love. Not that you love God, but that He loved you first. So, are you aware? Are Are you so one with, are you convinced maybe, of God's love for you? Like, ask yourself that. And then thirdly, how are you doing with your friendship with the Holy Ghost? I think we can all grow in that. Because that's where someone like Paul lived. That's where Jesus lived. He had a friendship with the Holy Ghost which is no one else but God, amen. Um, It's just who God is, like God is a spirit. So we're not having three gods, like we just have these three ways of looking at God. Um, And guess what, God has done it all, amen. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.ca. And if you're ever in the Stellenbosch area, we invite you to join us one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us, or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website, www.gracelife.co.